Well, we've finished our first month together, and uh, I know I've been blessed, and I think you've survived, so uh, that's, that's good news to us. And, and uh, today we're going to uh, wrap up our, our series on love, what we've been talking about. But I thought as I came here, it was so important that we understand that we have this purpose, that God loves us so much that he has entrusted to us a tremendous purpose and a tremendous opportunity for us to be involved with him in his work. Because he loved us, because he loved us, he's promised to let never leave us nor forsake us. No matter how much we love him or don't love him, how close we are to him or how far we are away from him, he is trying to reach us and he loves us. And he's even given us his authority to do the assignment that he's called us to do that since we're already out there, we're already dealing with people, we get the privilege of telling somebody about Jesus in our lifestyle and also in what we say. Because it's important we tell them the difference that has occurred in our life. And then as they receive Christ their Savior, we baptize them and then we begin to help them to, to learn what He has taught us in His Word that we might be obedient to that. And we've been talking about this whole love series about He's loved us so much that He created you and me. He spoke everything else into being until it came to mankind and He then created us and He's still doing that. In the womb, uh, we have some wounds that are God's working on right now <laughs> and He's molding and shaping each one of those new little people be the person he wants that person to be. And because he loved us so much, he created us, he's also offered forgiveness to us because sin has messed up all of us. Me, you, all of us have messed up with sin. But because he's loved us and offered us forgiveness, he's also offered us adoption into his forever family. And he has loved us to the point that He blesses us. He blessed us. And He is so madly in love with us that as we fall madly in love Him, we get to do things like we've just done. Thank Him and sing His praises. Sing His praises, not from the lips, but from the heart. And as we wrap up our series today, we're going to celebrate that demonstration of love He did for you, for me, for all of mankind with His death on the cross. Knowing that there is the resurrection and He has proven that to us and that He has come back and He is alive today. And we will celebrate the supper that He instituted because He loved us. And I hope if you've got nothing else out of this series that you've gotten this. Love is powerful. Love is very, very powerful. It changes us. I want to tell you the story about Lee Shapiro. Um, you know, we're raised out here in the, in the West, and... Uh, we're familiar in the old western days with the judges and they often got the uh, 
the moniker sometimes hung on them as the hanging judge, you know, mess up, we'll string you up, you know. Uh, but uh, Lee was a retired judge, and he had had the moniker of the hugging judge put on him. And he had even developed a, a little, what he called a hugger kit that he carried with him all the time. And, and he would all the time come up to people, and he would just say, uh, I'll, I'll give you a heart for a hug. And um, he just went around passing out these little embroidered heart that had little stick them on the back of it. And he would stick that on you and hug you. And uh, he was speaking at a conference in San Francisco uh, one time, and, and he had talked about that. And after it was over, he was down, you know, passing out hearts and hugging on people. And all of a sudden, a reporter came up to him and said, you know, Judge... Um, that's real easy to do in a place like this. And he said, yeah, everybody's glad to get a hug. And he said, well, sure, they're glad to get a hug. Uh, they came here of their own volition. They knew that you were the hugging judge, and, and uh, they're here because they wanted to hear you. So, yeah, this is not a tough place to get a hug back in return for a, a little embroidered heart. And the reporter said, but I bet it won't work out there in the real world. And Lee said... I'll take you up on that challenge. And he said, okay. And they arranged a date, and they said, we will follow you around with a filming crew, and we'll capture it on film and see if you can just get hugs from people out there that don't even know who you are. He said, done deal. So they gathered at that time, and they went out one morning, and as he was just walking down the street, as he was going this way, a woman was coming this way, and he just stopped her and said, excuse me, ma'am but I'll give you a little heart if you'll give me a hug. And she said, I will. He put the heart on her. She hugged him, and he walked on off. And, and the, the, the reporter said, lucky. Lucky. Uh, see that meter maid over there? And they stepped back, and they watched, and this meter maid was writing out a ticket, a parking ticket to a guy who was driving a BMW. And he wasn't real happy with the thought of getting a ticket. And he kind of told that meter maid what he thought of her. And I mean, it was pretty visible what was going on there. And the reporter said, go see if you can get a hug out of her. He walked over there and said, ma'am, you've got a tough job. And I've watched what just happened. I'd like to give you a little heart. and like to give you a hug. And she said, that would be wonderful. <laughs> and the reporter said, wow, didn't see that one coming. Uh, and he said, about that time, he looked up, and they were standing near a bus stop, and he said, wait a minute. He said, I see a bus coming. And he said, the bus drivers in San Francisco are known as the meanest, maddest, toughest people on the face of the earth. I bet you can't get that bus driver to give you a hug. He said, we'll see. Bus pulled up, opened the doors, people got off, and Lee was the first one to jump on the bus. And he walked up to the bus driver, and he said, heart for a hug. And all of a sudden, that bus driver looked at him, and all six foot two, 230 pounds, stood up and said, yeah, I'll take one. Whoa. 
And we'd had a man-man bear hug going on. Because love is powerful. You've experienced it. You've had bad days. What happens when somebody offers love to you, especially on a bad day? Well, Lee went on. He was in his house. He's a retired judge. And all of a sudden, one day, there was a knock on his door. And he went and opened the door, and there was his friend, Nancy Johnson. Nancy Johnson is a professional clown, and she was all decked out in her uh, clown outfit, and she had all of her makeup on, and she said, Lee, I need you to go with me today. <clears throat> he said, okay, where are we going? He said, she said, we're going to see some people in, in a home, a home for the disabled. And he said, she said, be sure to grab your hugger kit. We've got a big task to do today. He said, I'm there. So he went in grabbed his hugger kit, and they took off, and they went. And they spent the entire afternoon going through every ward in this hospital dealing with the disabled. And they got to the last ward. And Nancy looked at him and said, Lee, hang on. This is going to be the tough one. And they walked in, and Lee's heart sank. His heart broke when he saw the people that were in that room. And Nancy did her little thing and she was blowing up balloons and putting balloon hats and animals on people's heads and in their arms and Lee was going around each one of them and he was giving them an embroidered heart for a hug. But man, it was gripping at his heart and they had finished and they got all the way around one last person, the only one in the ward that hadn't been greeted yet. And Lee said, I've watched him. We're not getting through to him. Let's go ahead and leave. And Nancy said, Lee, not on your life. That's Leonard. Leonard needs to know he's loved. And Lee walked over to Leonard got down on his knee in front of his little wheelchair and Leonard had not responded at all he had just sat there he had a white bib that covered his entire front side because all he did was sit and slobber and drool and it was a mess to put it mildly and Lee looked at him just without saying a word reached out and put that heart on his little bib and then Lee just enveloped him in a hug slobber and all and all of a sudden there was a <laughs> and all of a sudden Leonard just began to shake and, and everything and Lee you know stepped back and my soul, what have I done? I've, 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 I've scared this guy. And, and he looked around to the nursing staff to say, what do I do? And he noticed that all the nursing staff, big old tears were flowing out of all of their eyes. And he said, what is going on? Because Lee was just 
I mean, uh, Leonard was just shaking and screaming, and all of a sudden, all the people in the ward were just banging on things. And I mean, chaos had erupted in the room. And he looked at the staff and he said, What is going on? And the head of that ward said, Leonard has been with us for 23 years. And that is the first time anyone has ever seen Leonard smile. In 23 years. Folks, that's a true story. That's not a preacher made up story. That's a true story about Lee the hugging judge and his encounter with Leonard. And it illustrates the power of love. Listen what William Hull said about it. He says this, Nothing is quite so destructive to the human heart as to live without love. Without love of country, patriotism dies. Without love of service, vocations die. Without love of peace, diplomacy dies. Without love of family, homes die. Without love of self, integrity dies. Without love of neighbor, community dies. Without love of God, values die. Leave anything human devoid of love long enough and it will finally wither and die. As we wrap up this series, let me bring you some good news. God loves you. You know the verse. I'm not even going to ask you to turn to it. You could probably quote it with me. I'm not going to ask you to do that because many of you have learned it out of different translations. But as a boy growing up, I learned it out of the old King James. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him might not perish, might not die, but have everlasting life. That's the power of love. Over in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, the last part of it, we've looked at that a week or so ago, Two weeks ago, I believe, it says the very nature of God is love. God is love. It's His character. It's who He is. And you can't take that away from Him because it is the essence of who He is. Such good news about that, that He loves us. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark Chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. Because we're going to see here this powerful love demonstrated in the life of Christ as He tells His disciples what He's about to do. It's in the last week of the life of Christ. He's come in on a triumphant entry and everybody, Hosanna, Hosanna, but by the end of the week, things have turned and everybody's against him. And if you go to verse 12, it says, And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, 
where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he gave his disciples instruction. Now the Passover celebration was remembering the time back when the children of Israel were captives in Egypt. And the last of the plagues that the father sent was the death angel. And every firstborn, man, woman, boy, girl, they all died unless the blood of the lamb was over the doorpost. And so every year there would be an annual celebration for them to remember what great love the Father had given the nation Israel to rescue them from bondage. But Jesus was about to turn that Passover celebration He was about to turn it over. And he said, I know what you remember it celebrates, but I'm about to bring new meaning to it because I am the perfect lamb and I'm about to free you from the bondage of slavery. Slavery to sin. And so the disciples did what Jesus told them to do and they went and they prepared and everything. And then we get to verse 22. And it says, and as they were eating, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Jesus said, this bread is broken because You are broken and my body will be broken for you. No, none of his bones were broken. But he literally was whipped and mistreated and and in essence beaten to a pulp. And he said, I know sin's doing that to you. But I'm going to take care of it for you once for all. And he said, my blood, this juice that we're about to drink here in a moment said it's a symbol of my shed blood for you that makes it possible for you to enter into this love relationship with me I love you and I'm going to give my life so that you can come into relationship with the father I'll make that possible and we'll be in love forever together That's what we're going to do today. We're going to celebrate that love. And I don't want you to take it lightly. If you go over to 1 Corinthians, Paul, as he was writing to the church at Corinth, gave some very specific questions and uh, instructions. And after he had gone through the body and and the blood and everything, he then says in verse 27, he said, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. So let each person examine himself then, so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And that's what I want us to do right now. I want us to remember what Jesus did for you, what He did for me, what He did for all of us. I don't know where you are in your relationship with Christ. But I do know this. He has paid the price. He has made it possible because He loves us 
for all of us to come into relationship with Him. But you have to choose. And in a moment, when the deacons come down here and they, they serve these elements to you, I want you to understand, only those who have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ are to take of the supper. It's for those who have that relationship. But here's also the good news. It, it's, it's not First Baptist Independence Supper. It's the Lord's Supper. And whether you're a member of this church or you're a guest of this church today, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you are invited to partake of the supper because it's the Lord's Supper. And so as he has told us, he said, therefore let a person examine himself and then eat of the bread and drink and I'm going to call us to prayer right now. Quiet prayer. Nobody praying aloud. But I want you to look deep into your heart. Have you confessed Him as Savior, Rescuer? And have you confessed Him as Lord, Boss? That's what those two words, Savior and Lord, mean. Rescuer from my sin bondage and freed me, and now I make you Lord. I make you boss. You call the shots. And I want you to confess any known sin that you have to Him and, and claim His forgiveness. He says, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1 John 1.9 It doesn't say, if you confess your sin and ask Him to forgive you. I love that. The minute you confess it, if you belong to Him, He says, done. You don't even need to ask me to forgive you. You confess it, I'm cleaning it up. Boom, done. That's what I want you to do right now. I want you to bow your heads, prepare your hearts, while the deacons and elders come to prepare the table. And in a moment, after your time of prayer, we will celebrate supper. Well, we've celebrated, but I want to make an application as we get ready to leave here in just a few moments. Over in 1 John, there is a tremendous passage of Scripture that I just love. We've talked about the reality that, that God loved us so much that He sent His Son to die for us so that we wouldn't have to die. And we have that privilege because it is His very nature to love us. But here's some more good news about love. And it says in verse 12, but to all who, re who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. That's that adoption process. Who were born not of the uh, blood nor the will of the flesh, but the will of God. But if you'll turn over to Colossians chapter 3, 
He gives us a practical application for this love. And that's where I want to wrap up our service this morning is the practical application in Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. There's just three little verses here I want us to read and then look at one last passage. He says in Colossians chapter 3, as Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, he said this, he says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, remember those who believed he gave the right to become the children of God, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. He loves us. He says, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive but he doesn't end there look what he next says and above all these put on love he wrote over in Corinthians and the greatest of it all is love. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Wow. If you know Christ, we're a family of faith. But let me take you to one last passage of Scripture that's important for us to understand. Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. One little verse. First John chapter 3, 18 says, Little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I don't know about you. But sometimes I look in the mirror. As I think of my father looking down at me. I'm Leonard. Literally, I'm Leonard. I'm drooling. I'm not smiling. I'm struggling. Life is tough. And the Father said, I'm not going to love in word and tongue. I've already sent my son for you. I don't see Leonard. I know you see Leonard, but I don't see Leonard. I see my child. But here's my challenge as we get ready to leave. You're going to find folks today and tomorrow and the next day and every day of your life that every time they look in the mirror, all they see is Leonard. And they've never experienced the love of the Father that says, no, I know, I know that may be what you think of yourself but I don't see you as Leonard. I see you as a person of immense value that I'm madly, madly in love with.
I'm about to send you out of this place to go love all over this city and this county and wherever you go. Folks, we can't hide and hoard this love that we've experienced. Aren't you glad that somebody told you about Jesus so that your Leonard could be covered with what Christ did for you on the cross? Go and be a Lee. Become a hugging person. Love on somebody today. Love on a family member. Love on your spouse. Love on your kids. Love on your grandparents. Love on your neighbor. Love on your work associates. Love on your classmates. Work on the folks that you see around at recreation sites. Just love them. Jesus gave his heart so that you could give a hug. And that's what I want you to do. I want everyone to stand right now. We're going to end the service a little bit different. We are not going to have a formal invitation. But I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to dismiss you to leave on one condition. On one condition. There are going to be some elders up here around the front. and Jeremy's going to be up here and I'm going to be up here. And if you need to talk with somebody, if you need to pray with somebody, if you need to say, I, I need to know how to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, I need, I need some, somebody to pray for me so as I go out and I love all over the Leonard's of the world, that I can do it under His authority and His power. So if you need to talk to somebody, we're going to be up here. That doesn't mean all of you are going to come. Not all of you need to talk to us. But if you're that one, or you're that two or three or four, we're going to be up here. And we want you to come and talk with us, not so we can hear your story, but so that we can love on you and help you through whatever story you're going through. I guess what I'm saying is right now, as elders and as staff members, we want to practice what I preach. Sorry, guys, you got roped into this whether you wanted to or not. We're going to love all over you. Some of you feel like you're a Leonard with a capital L, and some of you say, well, I'm just a little, little Leonard. You come. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to be dismissed, and I want you to keep playing something, all right? And then just go and love all over everybody. Everybody you get a chance to. You love on them, all right? Father, thank you for the love you have expressed to us. Thank you that we've been able to look at your love from several different angles. And Father, even though we're not going to talk about it specifically anymore as we move into a new study, Father, the love is there and I want us to be empowered by you to go out and to love on this community that we're in. So in the name and the 
authority and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I want to bless these folks that have gathered here today. And we leave here today to go love on your creation and to let them know the good news that you love them and Jesus has provided a way for them to come into relationship with you. And we're going to give you all the praise and all the glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Go love, all right? And we're down here if you need to talk to us.